Welcome. It's another season of Lion Tales. This is Tanya. Join me, Alvin, and Jojo as we continue to explore and discuss stories from the diaspora. Our voices. Our stories. We still over here roaring. Where y'all at? All right, folks, uh, today's episode, It Takes a Village. It Takes a Village. I like that one. Um, yeah. You know, I like that name because, you know, obviously, um, and, and maybe it might be the same here, but growing up in Liberia, it's always It Takes a Village to Raise a Child, mm-hmm. right? I think about my upbringing, and my mom had all her siblings because she's the one who made it out, mm-hmm. right? Um, she had her sisters, her brothers, and everybody else. Our house has like, I think we had like 20, pe- <clears throat> 20 people in the house. And all of them were caregivers for us and the entire block. In essence, we're our aunties and uncles. To this day, I have aunties and uncles. And I don't even know how we're related. But when I see them, they're my aunties and uncles. And my kids are always like, hey, daddy, you said that's your auntie? How are you related? So I want to talk about the family dynamics in, in the diaspora. Um, you know, I know how I grew up in terms of Liberia, but just wanted to talk about, you know, some of the similarities was that like that here in, you know, in the and States. Yes. Yeah, I definitely think the village um, is, a, is a thing here. Like our house, our house was one of those, I feel like community homes. Like yeah, we, we had, um, you know, I would always have my cousins over. Yeah, my cousins. My that cousins over my uh, <laughs> both sides of the family too, my mother's side, father's side, um, and I know, I, and I'm I'm sure it's the same uh, in Liberia too. At where I, where we live, Chris Atkins, Ray Atkins, people who used to be at my my house every day, um, the same neighborhood. We're all from Slabtown. When we go to school and people meet us, Chris is my cousin, Ray is my cousin, like because right. because we're family. You know, like if I'm on on the way home from the bus and I can't make it home and I got to use the bathroom, I can stop at Chris' house. You know what I'm saying? Or if there's no one there when he gets home from school and he needed something to eat, he could come to my house, you know? Right. So that that's how I definitely see that as a village here, too. You know, so right. I think that concept carried across the diaspora. And there's a study that I was reading about um, people of African and African-American descent, more so than West Indians, have, they call it fictitious family. Right. That's your play cousin. Right. <laughs> that's play cousins. Uh, and, right. and I think that there's the play cousins. And Joe mentioned our big family. But what's interesting to me is we are actually close to and did family gatherings with fourth, fifth cousins, which isn't necessarily something that people do. People get to their second cousin and they'll marry the third. But we know them to the fifth and the sixth. So I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. We had a large nuclear family and we had a large extended family. Right. Right. that were involved in our lives in ways that I didn't know until they come back and say it, and sometimes obviously. Do you think that has changed today? Um, I think there are a lot of demands on people's time just to put food on the table, put clothes on their back, um, jobs, industries, things like that, move people all across the country, all across the world. People are more segmented. So, um, you know, globalization, all of those things have pulled people in different directions. So I I do think it's lesser Mm -hmm. than before. I know I I, I lament about this with my sister all the time. I don't feel like our nieces and nephews 
do the fun stuff together right. as cousins that we did. Like my my cousins, I don't, I, my 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 sisters are are my heroes. Right, I don't have big brothers. Right. Um, oh, so. what a thing! He <laughs> wants something. <laughs> um, but I, but I, I have cousins that are are like big brothers. You know right. what I mean? So like it was important for me to be close close with my cousin. Uh, Zali, I call him Clem. Right. It was it was important for me to be uh, close with my cousin Jay. Right. You know, uh, it it was important for me to be close with my god brother and cousin Jason because those were you know these were the people that that were close to my age that I'm modeling my behaviors after and learning things about dating, talking to girls, listening to music, all of those things. These are these are my role models. Right. Uh, right. But, what about you? Well, I agree with Joe, but I guess I really want to hear from you because you posed the question. Can I flip it? Can I answer a question with a question? Go for it. Go for it. Do you it's think a Liberian thing, changed? by the way. You told me that <laughs> that you answer a question <laughs> with a question, question, but you never really give the answer. So let me Liberian you out. <laughs> How do you do? You think it's changed? I absolutely, I absolutely think it has. Some of the things that Joe has talked about, right? Um, I think about my kids, for example, how I grew up. All of my cousins, my step cousins, and my brothers children and we all grew up in the same household the same neighborhood and there's that sense of community that sense of family everyone's together um, but now we're all spread apart my kids don't even know their cousins um, when you have holidays and it's, it's it's very strange it's almost like you have to introduce them to their family and they're always wondering wait a minute how come you and this person you guys are so close they know everything about you but then I don't have that relationship with you know, someone who the same age was there. And so I think it has. And I think there's some ramification, you know, uh, because of that, right? So, for example, Can I Can I ask you a sure. question before you get to the, what the ramifications are? Why has it changed? It, it's some of the same thing that Joe has talked about. I think it's because of um, just the environment has changed overall, right? Um, stress from cost of living, people have to work harder. Um, you know, the community is different. Um, something which you I'm not sure. So community is different, meaning there is not, for example, me and my siblings don't live in the same city. Oh, yes, yes. Right? They're, we're spread all over the country, so therefore we can't gather the way that we typically do. When I grew up where we all were in the same house or in the same neighborhood or, you know, the same block, right? But here, um, all of that has changed. And it's some of the stuff we've been talking about all week, which is stretch of education, job, and all that. Some people can afford certain things, some people can't. Cost of living is higher, so you have to spread. So therefore, the families has been, you know, that um, village is being spread apart. Something, another thing, which I'm not so sure, I don't have stats on this. I think um, other people are saying it's a lot more dangerous now um, than it was back then, where, for example, um, you can have anybody in the neighborhood take care of watch your kids but now i can't just leave my kids with my neighbor and say watch my kids and i will say arguably which is a whole other podcast is it was dangerous back then too the stuff that just happened and people didn't talk about it i think there's another level of awareness where people are a little bit less likely to let somebody in the neighborhood watch their kid and to your point usually your your neighborhood like our neighborhood, like these people been here for a hundred years. This, they mama know, they mama know, mm -hmm. they mama know, right. they mama. But now, you don't know your neighbor. Nope. You don't know your neighbor family. Nope. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think uh, part of the why it's changed here, um, you know, it's intentional. Yeah. Right. Like we have things like the prison industrial complex, right, mm. where black people are over policed, mm. black people are over sentenced. This dissolves family units. This limits your ability to earn income when you come home. 
So all of those things, I think, um, you know, break apart some of the traditional uh, ways that we lived. And we are here in America. We are separated from a lot of those traditions, right? Like, and in in all throughout the diaspora, that's the case, right? So for anyone who was forcibly removed from home, sent thousands and thousands of miles away, not able to live in your traditional way, you're going to lose a lot of that faster. And mm -hmm. I think one of the interesting things you see in the United States, and even as you go down into South America, you can see the impact of letting people keep close to those traditions, right? Because New Orleans, the French allowed their slaves to keep some of their traditions, right? right. So they still enslaved do- Enslaved people. Enslaved people, correct. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Yes, enslaved people. Um, and, and the same in, in South America, you know, it was it was turn and burn so much faster. So the, the newest group at the time of freedom hadn't been there that long, right? Because that's just how it works. So they right. still had knowledge of those old traditions. Same thing. Um, and brother, for your turn and burn, just to give the people listening, that means like in the Atlantic slave trade that they sent people more fresh replacements to South America and to the Caribbean because they died more on those sugar plantations. They burned them out. And so the culture was closer to the services, what he's saying, because mm -hmm. they were more directly from the continent. In the U.S., they were able to breed us a little bit more because we weren't in we were in very harsh conditions mm -hmm. but it's not the same as sugar cane and hot sun mm -hmm. and, I, and i only brought it up to just say we're yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. you said yeah we're clo they're closer yeah they're closer context. to the traditions yeah. mm -hmm. that that you maybe have been used to on the continent in those places because they haven't been so far removed mm -hmm. like we are here which you'll see my boyfriend from down there his whole family all the aunties his grandmother all the kids stayed in the house, and so people didn't have money, but it was always somebody home, so somebody mm -hmm. gonna watch these kids. It's the thing you were talking about right, before. Exactly. That community was right in your house. It was four or five different arms and spokes of his family tree in that house. Do you think we've lost um, some foundation skill as a result of that change in, in the dynamics? So I give, you, I give you an example, right? When I grew up, um, because of the community raising me, it was a sense of, you know, when the elders speak in the community, you pay attention to them, you listen, and you could be disciplined by anyone, right? So from a disciplined standpoint, that was something that was important. You listen to whoever the elders in, in, the, in the neighborhood. The other aspect of it, because there was so many people in the household and in the community, you learn how to work with a lot of people, and you were not... I mean, some people are selfish, but you still learn how to, you know, basically be part of a group and still exist and be your own person. Um, so when I'm talking about, do you think we've lost some of that because of the change in dynamic? Yeah, I think I think uh, if I'm wrong, correct me. But I think you said some of that skill in the first. I think I think we absolutely have. Right. Like and one of those things that we can kind of see amongst the younger generation of black Americans is they they lost some of this per in interpersonal skills because of social media. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So now they do everything on their phone. Including being at a sleepover and both of them on the phone. Yeah, they'll sit next to each, each other, other, just just, just right. texting each other, right? So I definitely think we lost that. I think we've lost, and I'm not just saying for women, I cook. I split the cooking duties with my wife. Everyone should know how to take care of themselves. But we've definitely lost some of that, hey, let's pass down the tradition of making right. these dishes. Let's um, let's learn how to make these, these traditional garments that we wear. Um, hey, these are the homemade scents that we do for our house like all those things yeah we've definitely we absolutely have lost some of that that's a good point i never really thought about it even from like the feeding yourself stuff because all of the people in mom's family 
man or woman can cook at mom's age and that's not true as you get to our level and then even worse as you get to mm -hmm. the kids level so I think you're losing all kinds of stuff right and I'm wondering and Alvin you know I have to bring it up because it's who I am what is the driver that changes it so much in America because I'm asking you the question and I'm gonna see what you say to see if I'm gonna say wrong and tell you my answer was changing it in America mm -hmm. oh man um actually I really don't know what can I take a stab at it you can take a stab and then I'm gonna tell y'all what I think because you know that's my how I like to guess function. would be the driving factor separating us from our traditions in America would be white supremacy ah there it is Alvin see I want you to I'm gonna say it and uh, say I was it gonna go it. there but I yeah. thought she was gonna say something no no else. no I want to say if you had said white supremacy or systemic injustice I was just like I'm gonna repeat this ad nauseum until it becomes as simple as people knowing that it's easy as ABC one two three that what is the cause of this white supremacy that is always the right answer right and and I think it's important because when you look at some of these things um, we talk about the tropes a lot but a lot of the narrative about the changes in the black communities are like, oh, there's more people in single parent households. Well, there were 11 people in single parent households. There was an article that you sent to us. And, That's a perfect um, segue. It's 11% um, of the people in single parent households in such and such time. I don't remember. And today it's 75%. But that 75% is flawed because it's, it's defined as a single parent household if you're not married, which Correct. means you could be like, your your kids have two very active parents you have your children every day their mom is a single mom right and so their kids black kids raised in a single parent household the other thing is because it's pegged to marriage that even if that father is living in the house but they're not married black fathers are more active in their children's life at a much higher rate there's a study in on daily tasks and right. daily tasks they're more likely to bathe a child feed a child change a child, watch a child, participate in the activities, but because black people are less likely to get married, that is defined as a single parent. So our fathers are more active and there tends to be more activity and communication between the parents, mom and dad, but we just marry less. And I don't think that's different than Africa, right? I I yeah. I don't I don't disagree. So to quote the article, the author, so his name is Walter E. Williams. See, I can tear his ass up. Um, and the title is The Black Family is Struggling and It's Not Because of Slavery. And to him I say, you motherfucker. <laughs> well, you got to say it loud because you're a bunch of dirt. motherfucker. Like and, Alvin. And he he said, he not said, you, he a motherfucker. you know, pre-slavery, um, two-parent household, right? Mm -hmm. Married was about 20, 20%. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it is about seven to five percent. You have a single parent household, and he's saying that's the reason that the black family is struggling. Right? Um, so can we re can we visit revisit the primary reason that most things happen to black people? Well, Do yeah, because I was well, going no, to get primary your reaction reason? to that. Right, this My was actually reason. intersectional. Yeah, though, this yeah. is because yeah, yeah. the other big driver that we forget about um, the rising unmarried households instead of saying. Single, right? Is right. that it, right? Unmarried. Um, Ooh, women, 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 women didn't really have a choice, mm. right? Because they they, they were excluded from the workplace, voting, all these other things, like participating in their own autonomy, yeah. um, and so they had to do basically what men told them. And people didn't uh, get divorced because how the fuck was a woman gonna survive? Like, yeah. I interrupted you, so go ahead. And then also, men 
So when you have to pay large settlements in divorces, just remember it's because you set up a system trying to be in charge and we, we were jackasses about it. You want to refute that, sir? I, I absolutely refute that. <laughs> well, well, no, Alvin, that wasn't personal. I'm sorry, that no, wasn't personal. No, it wasn't personal. But the system, the personal. system was created that way, and this is the result of that yeah. system. Beca- I, I because agree it, with the system is created that way. It was created that um, way. And, and, and Alvin, let me hit you with our something. our fault. That's men's fault. Like, <laughs> right, right. Let me hit you with something else he said there, because I think it's very important. We think that these are all in the past, but... Women could not purchase a home without a man until, I'm going to recheck that fact of either the 70s or the 80s, in the United States. So when we say the marriage rates change, hey man, we couldn't even purchase a home without a man until the 70s or the 80s. Why the fuck is that? And then I also, he said it wasn't slavery, but that it was something else. He said that it's not Well, he said the labor union, um, the basically the education system that more black kids because of that they're not getting quality education i think he's mixing different he's mixing two different things different things right marriage and then quality education um but what did he say there was one other big thing and i want you to say it and not me say it so i'm gonna keep pressing maybe you can't after this i'll uh pull it out but he said it's not slavery that drove the breakdown of the family he's saying that it was what well basically that we're not married uh, no, but but he said that it's because we're not married, and he said that that's driven by welfare. Correct. And and I wanted to toss this out because so welfare systems came about 1935. That was the New Deal. I think it's 1935. Somewhere in the 30s was after the Depression, right? And so the New Deal was to be get people back to work because it's the worst economic system the U.S. ever went through. In in 1935, when that deal was passed, we did not have the same access to welfare programs, right? They also did not have the same stigma. The welfare programs produced situations where, oh, if you're a soldier, you can have a, you can get a house, no down payment, stuff like that. So welfare actually built the white middle class, that program and others. And when black people got access to it after the passing of civil rights, welfare programs became a bad thing. Asha said this, and Asha is, is Asha Hawthorne, Joe's wife, our family, right? My sister. So we were talking about this this morning. Cash welfare is a, is a good thing. When mm-hmm. they got cash welfare, it made them middle class. When we got the opportunity to get the welfare, it made us leeches. I don't and even, we didn't get it. I don't even look that far down onto the, onto the, the welfare discussions. Um, welfare doesn't just help white middle class people welfare helps rich white men elon musk is his company is a welfare recipient right like he's on welfare right his wealth is tied into welfare it's not it's not bad for him to receive government assistance you know what i'm saying why can't we and that's why i said i wanted to tear this this article no which i don't i don't agree with what he's saying but so i want to flip the question to you both do you think the black family is struggling and why I think if families yes, are struggling. Why? why? Yeah, I'll answer the question directly. Yes, I do. The black family is struggling, yes. and, and there are multiple reasons. There are, ma- there are many reasons for it, right? Which like, can uh, all be tied back to systematic racism or white ah, supremacy, right? Which I, which I, which I understand the prison system or yes. black fathers. So you know, for me, as I said, right, I grew up. My parents divorced, but I had a community because I'm tying it back. It takes the village, right? You know, my older brother stepped up. My cousin, my older cousin, they taught me how to be a man, right? My aunt, my you know older sister, they taught me how to treat a woman. So all of those things and discipline, it helped me to learn how to be a man, right? And 
today because, you know, there are possibly more households that are single parent. Some boys, for example, may not have those resources and they have to learn in other places. Why did you just mention boys or men that don't have those resources? Uh, that was subconscious. It wasn't. It wasn't. You wanted to exclude me. <laughs> I don't think that. No, way. I know. No, no, no. I, I like I'm, messing I'm speaking, with you, Alvin. I'm, I'm speaking, joking. I'm speaking. I'm saying that actually. Relative to your actually, situation. I'll say that. I'm saying it because I'm speaking from a man perspective. Okay. I can't speak from a yeah. woman perspective, right? So because of those things, now they have to go find that in other places, and that are producing either strong men or weak men and those weak men are producing weaker men and you know the cycle just continues so for me i do think like joe like the black family is struggling because of some of those things right yep. they're taking the 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 fathers out of the home putting them in prison right yep. creating a lot of institutional barriers in the job market where the men are struggling they can't make enough then right. there's friction in the household and and you know you have this family is splitting it's just a whole bunch of crap right i think okay. it's contributing to that you know what my only caveat is to it is that they're like the black family is struggling the black family is struggling and the black family has been struggling like think about black families in slavery you could have a wife and a child and the next day they could sell them and often they intentionally sold them because if you didn't have anyone to be attached to you was less likely to be rebellious it's like let me crush your spirit because your baby was just on a slave auction block let me crush your spirit because your wife gonna be on that slave auction block and somebody gonna fuck her when she that, get there that's true her. but they had a community they had a community but listen hey that that's a very tenuous community i'm just saying that black families have been struggling is this struggle worse than your kid being sold or your wife being sold? Uh, I don't necessarily question. know. It's right. a it's an evolution of the struggle that I would say arguably is driven by the same circumstances and metaphorically your kid and your spouse is on the auction block, mm -hmm. right? That they're trying to put this rift into the family, but the rift in the family is because when you make people property and then you sell their family, there was a level of community that came from that where we have more fictitious kinship mm -hmm. because you sold my wife, right? Mm. Mm. So you you were continuing on. You think, you know, the black family is struggling, and, and what are some of the reasons? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's what we're talking about here, right? Like, and again, I, like Tanya said, I, I'm, we're speaking relatively. I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's like an outsized, like we're doing something worse than other people. I think that there are a lot of things here in America uh, and globally we've you've touched on some of the things in liberia um that are in the way of us being able to stay as a unit and one of the things that you spoke on that kind of triggered something in my mind too is like even even after let's say the father's removed from the home right where in the normal situation you're right hey there's there's the brother there's the uh there's the uncle there's the aunt there's the cousin well we have other things that they put into the communities right the same one of the same things that they use to lock the people up crack right so now so now yeah the dad's in jail for selling crack but the auntie and the, and the, and the mom is crackheads right right so the the, the the family unit is being destroyed from all these other angles and then uh, another episode we talked about food deserts right yep yep so hey we don't have good quality food so health isn't optimal in my household i can't help out a whole bunch of other people if i'm physically ill or if i don't have access to care um and and the stress of how we're living shortens our lifespan right. so whereas that grandmother may have lived to be 85 now she's dying at 62. Right. And she's struggling mentally. All these tied together. Listen, stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks of problems. And I think 
We're saying the black family is struggling. We're struggling. The difference with our struggle, which I will say ad nauseum, is we're struggling because of other things other people are doing to us and because our struggle is highlighted. The black family struggling to me is like black on black crime. That's not a thing unless we talk about white on white crime, right? Mm. Yes, the black family is struggling, but I'm going to flip it because I say the positivity, and this is my last thought on it. Black families have persevered through an, a, an incredible amount of bullshit to still Facts. be here with black girl magic and black boy joy. And in spite of all that bullshit, we are making it. So imagine if we get that mental health care, solve those health problems and layer that on top and power through it in a way that actually adds to our health. Then how does that look? Because we making it with all that bullshit in the mix. Right. Um, so kind of wrapping this up, um, can we bring that village back? And if so, how? I don't think the village is gone. That's going to be my piece. I would say the village is not gone. The village has changed. Like if you think about a village or you think about housing, housing has been progressive, right? People lived in caves. Then they might've lived in a hut. Then they built these big, right now we're in the McMansion phase. I don't think the village has left i think the village looks different i have stepkids that call me mom too i'm a bylaw i'm not I have no biological children i'm marked as the grandma when i go pick up my glam baby that's a problem but i'm still part of their village and they're a part of my village my health mentally physically is better because they're in my life and i think we do that across the board right mm. village looks different that's a good perspective joe um yeah i, I don't even think it has to be uh, yeah, I don't think it has to be brought back, but I, I do think it, it can adapt, mm -hmm. um, right? So some, some of the things that I was just kind of like brainstorming when I was thinking about that, like how do we continue this? Um, one of the things that's popular throughout the diaspora is susus, right? Yep. Like, so maybe a susu is an older tradition. Maybe the way we make that modern is, hey, in this village, we're all going to put our money in and we'll have a three-month CD. And mm -hmm. at the end of every three months, we take that out and we split that up amongst the group. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's the new version of a susu. Hey, maybe we have an investment group and we right. all get paid out of that group. Maybe we have something online that we all put money in. Um, Ooh, hey, start that, we, we can't. We can't have, maybe we can't all get together the same ways that we did during the pandemic. We started Zooming every Zoom, Friday. Right. Yeah, like, hey, maybe we just need to figure out how to use technology, how, how, how to use marketing, how to use all these other things to think of new ways to keep these communities going and grow these communities. But I definitely think that we need a, a strategy change um, just just to strengthen it and, and make it viable today, make right. it something that we can practice and, and really make central to our, our communities again. Right, right. You know, as someone who has two kids, um, you know, I always try to think about, you know, the privileges that I had growing up, right? Having my aunts, my cousin, my nieces, and everyone around and just having them connected. And I struggle with, you know, basically having that same village for them because they're so disconnected from that. I'm in their village. Right. Of course, of course. But I'm saying they don't feel as close yeah. to those other people. When I go to my auntie house, I have a room at my auntie house. You know, I can open the phrase, I can it's like I'm at home because we grew up together. Yeah. She helped raise me. Um when they come to my house, you know, it's the same thing. I give up my, my room for my auntie because She's like my sister, or she's like my mother. And she would beat your ass. Right? Exactly. I really like something you did there, man. I really like something you did there. You said, I had the privilege of growing up with my aunties, and my kids don't have some of these privileges, right? right? Think, think about that, though, Alvin. I, I'm just going to ask. I don't know. 
when you were growing up in those times, how much money did you have? Um, so in Liberia, I have to admit, my my parents were um they they were good. You were good. So so like now, were you as privileged monetarily as your kids though? No. Right. So you just showed how valuable your aunt was to your upbringing just by I, saying I was privileged to have my aunt, even though most people would probably say your kids grew up more privileged than you. Right. But that that what your aunt gave you was superior to money. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. That's and, awesome. And and for me that's the village that I keep thinking about how can I get my kids, you know, my nieces and my nephew to have that village and the sense of connected and closeness to people in their circle, right? Cuz then it's for me it's a snowballing effect. So yes, technology has changed. Now they rather be on IG and TikTok. My daughter is always on TikTok. Um, you know, they start their roadblocks or whatever it is, group or whatever. But I, I think for me, how we get that is frequent family gatherings, right? Um, you know, to get everybody acquainted and, and, and being together. And that helps for me bring that village together. Man, can, can I, I know it's time to wrap up and we got to get out here. One, if, if you could shout out one person, just one person deep inside of your village that may not know how much they meant to who you are. Ooh, there's so many. <laughs> see, yeah, I like that though. See, see that? See there's that? so see, many. I, I ain't trying pick, to pick, offend nobody. Pick, but that's one, yeah. No, one just, that I, want, I, want, I want the one that maybe you haven't thought about in a long time so that the other people shouldn't even, shouldn't even be, 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 you know, be upset about that. It's like, oh, I haven't thought about that person either. Like, yeah. wow, they were a big help to me. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Like Mike, some, somebody deep. I can tell you that Mike, our next door neighbor. Really? Yeah, because Mike was fly. She was running in men to get I was like, when I grow up, I'm going to be like, Mike, look at Mike's lipstick. Look at Mike's outfit. Mike's house nice. And Mike always let me come in her house as a little kid, messy little kid in her nice, pristine house and showed me her nice shit. Hmm. Um, for me, it's my Auntie Beatrice. Um, she's like my, my older sister. Um, she helped raise me, give guidance. Um, to my, it's my mother and youngest sister. I'm about to cheat and don't be mad at me, cause I I, I was gonna say, uh, my second mom Tanya Johnson, uh, but I can't say Tanya Johnson without saying Ralph Johnson. So too. Yeah. So so just them as a couple, um, cause if my dad and my mom had responsibilities, maybe they were taking my sisters to a softball game, something like that. Hey, they, uh, after school I go over Jay's. That's Jay Johnson, my, my my brother. I go over his house and I make it to all my events. Hey, oh we forgot to send money for Joe to eat. Hey man. It, don't even worry about that. Oh yeah. yeah, we got dinner with him. Hey, y'all going somewhere? Send him over here for the weekend, and vice versa. Hey, oh, we want them to play basketball together. He gonna get on the bus at your house. They've always been there for me my entire life, um, and I call them now if I if I hear they're sick or if I haven't spoken to them in a while just to chop it up because I love them. So the moral to that story is I think that the village is still there, but we gotta check our we village more and the be village. right. And so reimagine the village.